Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. Good morning. I want to welcome everybody who's here in the room, everybody watching online as well. We're so glad you've joined us this morning. So let me begin with this. Uh, A husband and wife were getting ready for bed one evening. And the wife was standing in front of this full-length mirror, taking a long, hard look at herself. And she said, you know, dear, I I look in the mirror, and it's all bad news. Like, I see an old woman. I mean, my face is all wrinkled. My hair is gray. My shoulders are hunched over. My legs are fat. My arms are all flabby. And then she turns to her husband and says, tell me something good. Something positive that'll make me feel better about myself. Well, the husband glanced over at her, looked up and down, thought for a minute. And and in a soft, thoughtful voice, he said, well, sweetie, there's nothing wrong with your eyesight. (laughs) Funeral services are pending for that guy, by the way. Gentlemen, I, I don't recommend... That kind of brutal honesty when your wife's getting older, feeling insecure. Like, find something positive, okay? Either that or don't come crying to me for counseling. (laughs) You've done this yourself, right? But today, it's time for me to be brutally honest with you about something. The effects of sin. The effects of sin. And can I just say up front this morning, we preached the whole counsel of God's word. This, this is not going to be a jump up and down kind of fun message, all right? Can I just get that disclaimer out here? But it's very, very important to understand. So we're in this series about God's grace because we are a grace-oriented church. And our key statement for this entire series has been this, salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Like, that's our mantra here at Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. It's the message of free grace theology. And and plenty of churches I know give lip service to this particular creed, but sadly, they they don't really mean it. I mean, they may say salvation is by faith alone, but then they rework that word faith. They redefine that to include some kind of work, something we must do to keep it or, or to earn it in the first place. And so in this series, I'm explaining why this theology is so crucial and how it affects every aspect of the Christian life. Not just how you enter into a relationship with God through faith in Jesus, but how you continue to grow in spiritual maturity. Now, so far in this series, we've learned some really good news, that God offers salvation to all mankind. And whoever believes in Jesus for forgiveness and eternal life becomes his child, and their future in heaven is secure, and nothing can change that. You can't ever lose that. Not by doing bad stuff, not by doubting, not by becoming an atheist, not by killing people, right? There's nothing you can do that's going to change the fact that God has given you that gift of free grace, that gift of salvation in heaven. And if you want the biblical grounds for this, I would encourage you to go back, listen to the prior three messages in this series, even go online to our website, hillcountry.life. There are scriptures there that back this particular theology. There are actually over 150 passages in the New Testament alone that make it crystal clear. 
So once you put your faith in Jesus, you're saved, you're forgiven, you're his child, heaven is secure. And that is some really, really good news. Can I hear an amen? (laughs) Amen. That's great news. Now, sometimes people say, well, that's just so easy. That's so free. Like, isn't grace a little risky on God's part just to offer that? Or, Or maybe it's this way. Is grace a license to sin? Well, the answer to that could be yes or no, you know? Depends on how you define that. The answer is yes if you mean that your sin as a Christian cannot land you in hell. We talked about that over the last couple weeks. But the answer is no if you think there won't be serious consequences for your sin. You know, being saved by grace, being given the free gift of eternal life, it's not an excuse, it's not a reason, it's not a a free pass to just do whatever you want, to live however you please. You won't lose your place in heaven, but it's not a license to sin. And let me tell you why. It's because God is a God of justice. One of God's attributes, one of his characteristics is justice. And we love God's grace, right? We love God's love, but he's also a holy, righteous God. And that's important to remember. And here's our main principle for today. In a nutshell, it's very simple. It's very biblical. People reap what they sow. Will you say that with me? People reap what they sow. Now, you probably heard that before. It's not new, but you know what? It's as true as any other principle, and it's true every single time. And even if you're not a Christian, you probably heard that before. You just may be surprised to know it was written down in the Bible 2,000 years ago. And this principle, it's not good or bad. It just is. Like, I would argue that it's kind of a law of the universe similar to the law of gravity. And you can leverage it to your advantage. You can use it for good. Or you can ignore it, and then there are going to be consequences. So if you sow good stuff, man, you're going to reap good stuff coming back, good relationships here on earth, rewards here on earth, rewards in heaven. But if you go out and you sow bad stuff, you're going to reap bad stuff. And this is actually going to explain to you why God is not against you. Because some of you think, oh, God's just against me. It's going to explain to you why God is, is not angry with you. God has simply given you this principle to leverage. But if you ignore it, there are going to be consequences. See, it's not like God is up in heaven indiscriminately deciding, bless, punish, bless, punish, 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 bless, bless, bless. Now, it doesn't work that way. God has given us this spiritual principle that we can either leverage to our advantage or we can ignore to our disadvantage. And it's true for all people at all times. Now, this sowing and reaping principle, it's found all throughout this book right here, all throughout the Bible. But it's spelled out very clearly in the book of Galatians, and that's where we're going to camp out today. So let me give you a little background info on Galatians. Okay, Galatia was a Roman province in Asia Minor, and this is about 15 years after Jesus has left the earth. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, He's writing to the Christians in this church that he helped to found, and he's given them all these principles for living, all these uh, different ways that we can grow as Christians. And in this particular part of the letter, Paul is contrasting two things. He's contrasting, on the one hand, our responsibility to help other people with the tendency on our part at times to allow ourselves to be helped simply because we don't want to take responsibility for our lives. And you see, it's both things. We're responsible to help people in need, but on the same, at the same token, you know, we're also responsible for ourselves and our own actions. 
And I can't use the Christian value of, oh, you know what? We're supposed to love each other. We're supposed to care for each other. We're supposed to help each other as an excuse to be irresponsible. In other words, I'll just be irresponsible. And if you're a good Christian, you'll help me with my homework, right? I'll just be irresponsible. And if you're a good Christian, you'll cut me some slack. You, you won't criticize me, even though I'm sloughing off over here. And Paul says, no, 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 it, do, it doesn't work that way. We are responsible to serve each other. But that Christian value is never, never, never an excuse for irresponsibility. All right, so let's jump in. Here we go. Galatians 6.3. Paul says, if anyone thinks they are something. In other words, you're comparing yourself to other people, and you're going, well, I've got it together. Compared to him, compared to her, I'm, I'm way ahead. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Okay, here, Paul introduces us to the idea of self-deception. Like, it's easy to deceive ourselves when we compare ourselves to other people and say, hey, I don't have to work too hard because, after all, I'm way ahead of them. Or, or you go, well, yeah, they're, they're doing better than I am, but after all, they had big-time advantages over me. And Paul says, as long as you're comparing yourself to others around you, on either side of you, you know, you're going to have the risk of deceiving yourself. Galatians 6, 4, each one should test their own actions. Test your own actions. That is, you need to focus inward and evaluate yourself and your actions compared to you, not the people around you. As long as you're looking at people around you, there's always going to be some that are doing better, some that are doing worse, and you run the risk of deceiving yourself into being irresponsible. Like there's this self-talk that goes on inside of us. Well, I can cut myself some slack because I'm way ahead of them. But at the same time, you look at people who are doing better and you go, well, yeah, if I was married to him, or if my dad owned that deal, or if I had that kind of talent, when you start comparing like that and you're looking out the window instead of in the mirror, it's easy to slough off, to become irresponsible, to make excuses. And so, based on that, this is how Paul puts it, Galatians 6, 4. Each one should test their own actions, then they can take pride in, okay, that's not the bad kind of pride, that's just, you know what, I feel good about this. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Like as long as I'm comparing myself to someone else, I will make excuses. Only when I tune all that out and compare myself to me, like my potential, my responsibilities, the opportunities God has brought my way, that's when I begin to make progress. And then Paul just comes right out and says it very bluntly here. Galatians 6, 5, for each one should carry their own load. You have your own load. Carry your own load. In other words, you have your own family responsibilities. You have your own financial responsibilities, your own opportunities. You have things that have been given to you by God that other people don't. So don't compare yourself to the people around you. You know, when you compare, then what happens? You're looking out there and you're not looking here. You're taking your eyes off of your responsibility. You begin to make excuses. You don't make progress. But if you buckle down and carry your own load and take responsibility for your own life, then you begin to move forward. Well, now Paul continues this same line of thought in Galatians 6, 7. Listen to this. He says, do not be deceived. 
You know, this is the second time Paul has said that in this discussion. You know why? Because we're really, really, really good at deceiving ourselves. We deceive ourselves when we look around and compare and, and make excuses. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. God cannot be outwitted. God cannot be outsmarted. God is not your mama, okay? <laughs> Tell people that all the time, you know? When you were young, you deceived, you outwitted, you outsmarted your mama, right? So you think you can deceive and outwit and outsmart God. Or you called your mom on the phone and said, Mom, I, I didn't know there was going to be beer at that party, right? And I, and I told the officer that, and, and he still arrested me, and I'm down here at the police station. And, oh, that's okay, sweetheart. We'll come down there. We'll get you out, right? Or, or Daddy, 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 I, I don't know what happened. I think the bank must have made a mistake in my checking account because, like, I have these checks, but I don't have any money. And, Dad, I'm going to work it out. But in the meantime, can, can you send me some money? Oh, you better believe Yeah, Honey, we'll take it. We'll wire you some money. Right? And I, I don't know what happened. Teacher didn't tell us that was going to be on the exam. <laughs> oh, that mean old teacher. I'll make an appointment. I'm coming down there this afternoon. I'll get in that teacher's face. And Paul is saying... God is not your mama. God is not your daddy, right? Remember how, how you mocked them, you played them? Like you told your parents a story, and then you got together with your friends and chuckled and said, my parents are so gullible. I mean, I slipped that paper in there. They were busy signing stuff. Next thing they knew, they signed something saying, I didn't have to be at school the next day because of a doctor's appointment. They didn't even see it. Paul's saying, look, God is not that way. You may have been able to slough off your responsibility, and your parents always dove in there, always filled in the gap. God cannot be mocked. Paul's going, look, this, this is a warning. It's a promise. It's an opportunity. It's even an explanation. It's a lot of things, but God cannot be fooled. God is never fooled, like not even by your religious system. And I don't know what religious system you grew up in, if you did grow up with one, but the religious system that I'm kind of familiar with, it goes like this. There's this passage in the New Testament, 1 John 1, 9. And it says, boy, if we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just. He'll forgive us our sins and cleanse us, wash us, purify us from all unrighteousness. And so as a young believer, somebody came to me and said, Brian, you know what? When you confess your sins to God, God remembers your sins no more. Like it's like he has amnesia. And I'm thinking, this is awesome, right? What a great statement. I can go out and do whatever I want. And, and, then, and then I come to church on Sunday and I pray this magic prayer and God's going, I don't even know what you're talking about. And I'm like, phew. <laughs> and God looks at me like I'm white as snow, pure as silk, wonderful, great. See, God's going, Brian hasn't done anything wrong that I can remember because I prayed that magic prayer. What an awesome system. Folks, there's a little bit of truth in that <laughs> mixed with a big dose of lies. Or maybe your system was a little different. You went out and sinned like crazy, and then you got in a booth with a priest, right? And you were told to say some magic words through a screen. The priest listened and absolved you of all your guilt, and you walked out of there, and your sin bucket was empty, and you thought, dang, I got to go fill it back up again. Come back next Sunday. This is awesome. And Paul's going, no, God's not stupid. He doesn't have amnesia. God cannot be mocked. 
People, when the Bible says to Christians that God remembers our sins no more, it's talking about the ultimate forgiveness of sins, not consequences for your sins. It doesn't set aside this law of sowing and reaping. In fact, let me ask you a question. Did David confess his sins about Bathsheba to God? Yes. Did God forgive David? Absolutely. Did David still reap some enormous painful consequences in his life because of that sin with Bathsheba? You better believe it. In fact, let's talk about David for a second here. You know, sometimes the consequences for our sins, they they get paid for during our lifetime here on earth. And other times we don't see the consequences for our sins here. And maybe that'll be worked out somewhere in the future, in eternity. Now, David committed adultery and murder, right? And does anybody know what the penalty for that was supposed to be according to God in the Old Testament? Anyone? Yeah, that's right, death. So why wasn't David immediately put to death? Well, I have a theory. I think it's a pretty good one. David had already been promised massive rewards in heaven. Like the Bible had already declared that David is going to be highly, highly exalted in heaven. In fact, does anybody know the name of the throne that Jesus sits on in the kingdom? It's called the throne of David. So if David was immediately put to death, he would have just gone straight to all those rewards in heaven. There would be no justice. Like There would be no reaping for the evil he sowed. And so what did God do? Well, God kept David around here on earth. And for the rest of his life, did David pay consequences for his sins? Did he reap what he sowed? Oh, yeah. It's amazing how this principle works. Sometimes a little scary. You know, David sowed adultery with Bathsheba, and then he watched one of his own sons, Absalom, sleeping with his concubines on the rooftop in broad daylight in front of God and everyone. Ouch. David sowed murder, right? Bathsheba's husband, Uriah the Hittite. And David also watched one of his sons kill another one of his sons. This kind of brings us back to what Paul's saying here. Don't be deceived. Like God is not your gullible mama or daddy. Your irresponsibility, if you choose to be irresponsible, you choose, I'm not going to carry my own load, as Paul says here. You're not going to get away with that. Like God's not just going to sign a permission slip. God cannot be fooled. There's no game to play with God. Now, will God forgive us of our sins? Absolutely. God loves us. His love for us doesn't change. His forgiveness doesn't change. Yeah, I'm a good dad. I always forgave my sons when they sinned, and I always continue to love my sons. But that doesn't mean, it didn't mean that there weren't consequences for their actions. So your irresponsibility, whether it's with your money, your family, your morality, whatever it may be, it's not a mystery to him. Like, there is no game to play. There's nothing you're going to pull on him where he goes, oh, you got me again. I'm going to have to keep an eye on you, young man. Doesn't work that way. Don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Please, 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 don't think that you can just go out and sin and confess and sin and confess and sin and confess, and there won't be a price. There's no loophole in the system. Paul says, look, guys, let's, let's quit fooling ourselves. Don't be deceived. Let's quit playing games with God. And then he gives us this amazing principle. You ready for this? Galatians 6, 7. God cannot be mocked. 
a man reaps what he sows. It's a principle. It's not good or bad. Paul is actually just saying what we all know intuitively to be true, right? That life is connected. That where you are today is the result of decisions you made in the past. And where you'll be tomorrow is connected to what you did yesterday and what you do today. But there's a relationship between your current unwillingness to take responsibility for your life and what you can expect in the days and weeks and months to come. And let me tell you what Paul doesn't say here. Paul doesn't say, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. People reap what they sow unless they ask for forgiveness. No, he doesn't say that. See, forgiveness doesn't erase it. You know, people reap what they sow unless they get themselves to church regularly or, or unless they pray. You see, in my world, I run into this all the time. It's people come to me and say, well, well, Pastor Brian, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. And, and I do a lot of counseling with people, and this is why this principle is so important and why I'm really sharing this passionately from my heart. Because I have to look at those people. I say, yeah, you're, you're doing your best now. And that's wonderful. But, but for like five years, you weren't doing your best. Like you sinned big time. You see, that was sowing, and, and now you're reaping. And unfortunately, doing your best now, it doesn't erase the consequences from the past, the consequences of your sowing. It just doesn't. But, but doesn't God love me? Exactly. Yes, he loves you. He loves you so much that he lets you know about this principle in advance. God loves you so much, he, he made it somewhat predictable. Like, you don't have to wake up in the morning and go, oh, I hope there's gravity today. Like, I hope I stick to the ground today. It's a law. It's a principle. You can count on it. It's dependable. God says in the same way, hey, this is dependable. Just like the law of gravity. You can depend on this. So, so if you decide, and, and I, I hear this a lot, I'm just going to come right out and say it. If you decide, you know what? It's just a part of our culture today. This, this book here seems to me to be a little bit antiquated. And I, I'm just going to sleep around outside of marriage. Everybody's doing it. Like nobody's going to get hurt. It's no big deal. Can I just say the law of sowing and reaping will apply? It is a big deal. It is a big deal. And I don't know what that will look like for you, but sometimes those cons where they come back. And sometimes it's physical, it's, it's a medical consequence. You know, that happens. And I, I can tell you, I can promise you from years and years of counseling that there will be relational damage, psychological damage, emotional damage. There's going to be baggage for you and for that person, I promise you. And, and God is not angry at you. God is not getting you back, Okay. You simply violated his perfect, pure, original intent for sexuality, and there are some serious consequences built in. And please hear me on this. If you sow irresponsibility for, say, five years, and then you become a Christian, or you decide to get it together, you decide, I'm going to do better. Hey, that's wonderful. That is all great. But the truth is, the reality is, those consequences will still stand. And you can't wish your way out of it. You can't pray your way out of it. You can't obey your way out of it, love your way out of it, serve your way out of it, give your way out of it. It is what it is. Now, you might argue, but Brian, there's at least one exception to this law of sowing and reaping. Like, our sin that we sowed was supposed to reap hell for us. 
but it didn't. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. That is totally true. But do you know why? And let me just say this. It's not because God changed his standard. It's not because God said, you know, I'm just going to set my justice over here for a second. In fact, it didn't even change this law of sowing and reaping. It's because Jesus Christ, he reaped that particular penalty of hell for you. So there was still sowing and reaping. It's just that someone else paid the price for you. So if you're a Christian, yeah, your sin won't land you in hell. But I'm telling you, there's still going to be consequences. Maybe here on earth, maybe in loss of rewards in heaven, the law of sowing and reaping still stands true. Now, how many of you are ready for some good news? Would, would everybody please raise their hand? Okay. <laughs> Let's turn this puppy around. This sowing and reaping deal, it works both ways. Like, you can maximize this. It's actually intended to use to your benefit. So you go out and you sow a loving spirit, you're going to get love poured out on you coming back. You go out and you sow generosity. You give to people in need. You give to God's work here on earth. God promises, oh, you are going to be so blessed. And I don't know what that'll look like. Just because you give financially doesn't mean it's going to come back to you financially. It may be material blessings. It may be emotional blessings, spiritual blessings. It may be financial blessings. Blessings here, blessings in the future. It's a law. It's a principle. God is a rewarder of those who do good. In Revelation 22, 12, Jesus says, look, I'm coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. And let me just say, nothing is too big and nothing's too small. Like this law of sowing and reaping covers everything. In Matthew 10.42, Jesus said, if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. So it is what it is. And we need to be aware of this principle so we don't fool ourselves into thinking that grace is a license to sin, but we also need to take advantage of this and go after God's rewards to be blessed, to live the best life possible, what Jesus calls the abundant life. So let's go sow good stuff so that we reap good stuff here on earth and for the rest of eternity. Let's pray. Lord, we admit to you in this moment that we are enamored with your love and your grace, and, and that's what motivates us in life and should motivate us. But we also recognize that just as you are absolutely infinite and perfect in all your attributes. Justice is one of those. And God, we can look at this and we can say, well, wow, this is a warning and man, it's kind of scary. Or we can turn it around and say, no, this is, this is a promise. This is something awesome. And all I have to do is just do life with you and live life in your spirit, in your way, and the blessings will just flow. And I pray we would focus on the latter, Lord. And we don't know how all this plays out. We know that even in your justice, you are so, so gracious. And as we get into the depths of your holiness and righteousness and love and grace and mercy, we, we can't understand it all. But we do know what you've spelled out in your word. So please, 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 Lord, help us not to be deceived, not to try to mock you, try to fool you, try to fake you out or juke you, but just to know that 
we're going to reap what we sow, and so we want to go out and sow the best life possible, which is life with you. So, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for who you are. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you guys go out and have a great week in the Lord.